Sir? What? Are we being too literal? No, you fool. We're following orders. We were told to comb the desert, so we're combing it. Found anything yet? Nothing yet, sir. How about you? Not a thing, sir. What about you guys? We ain't found shit. This week, the cut line breaks down the first major of the year as the PGA Championship and TPC Harding Park looks to give golfers quite a challenge in order for a PGA player to put their first or multiple majors on their resume. Our key stats analysis are going to give you a leg up in this week's competition. But before that, hello Canada, hello USA, hello UK, hello Australia. Austria, Germany, Sweden, Spain, Ireland, New Zealand, and a special hello to Minnesota. Oofta. Oofta. Cutline can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. So if you want to c continue putting strong lives together, make sure you guys subscribe, give us a like. And to your first time listeners here at the Cutline. Hey, hey. It's me. Prove it. You're a dick. Okay. I absolutely agree. You guys are a bunch of dick bags. <laughs> but anyways. I'm Mike Kevalunas at Lunas on Twitter. L-I-U-N-A-S. Excited that we finally have a major on the docket. Super pumped for that. Finally. Finally. finally it's going to be riveting. And now on the other side of the mic is my man, Mulligan Manafort, Zero Iron Zack, and the man who drinks my ties like they're going out of style, brings hard cider to the beach for with his cell phone in order to enjoy reruns of Glee. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. You know, yeah. I, uh, I feel bad. I gave, I gave really shitty advice last week to a listener what? or a, a listener, probably former listener on the show. And what did you say? What did you tell him? Oh, uh, I told him Brooks Kepka was a terrible play. Well, I didn't say that. I didn't, I shouldn't go to that exaggeration, but I'm like, I don't like Brooks. I'm not going to play him. Um, well, I didn't either. So yeah, you yeah, can't get him right every time. Whatever. Choke artist at the end anyway. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he was pretty sharp on some other guys that I just wasn't too keen on. And after the first round, I was like, oh, God, I just screwed this guy up if you listen to me. So, uh, Kip, if you're out there, sorry, man. <laughs> sorry for you. Sorry. But we all, you know, we all seek that confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. You can find Zach on Twitter at EaglesFan83. You can also find the cut line at TCutline where Zach and I break down the PGA like no other podcast out there. Another. So speaking of dumbasses, this week's award goes to Brooks Kepka. 
Now, it's not the worst meltdown we've ever seen on PGA Tour, not even close, but it was a meltdown nevertheless. Four holes to go, you're in first place, and you shit the bed. I'm pretty certain that plenty of lineups this weekend were crushed in the final holes of the WGC St. Jude. Yeah, I mean, even the even like the final hole, all I had to do is not suck, at least get sec like a solo second. Knock all those other guys down to third T3. You know? Cost a lot of people a lot of money. Yeah. But, nevertheless, Brooks Kepa, you are our dumbass. All right, good, bad, and ugly. Let's go. Let's get it over with. Uh, yeah, so I'm just going to go with ugly first because it was RCV who I thought would uh, top 10 this thing, and he finished dead effing last. So, wow, he was ugly. Ooh. That's, uh, that's an interesting choice. I'm going to start with my good. And my good was Ricky Fowler. I really, uh, I, I, I had him in a lot of places. He was one of my core plays in my three max. And, he, and you know, he didn't win, but he played well. So I'm going to go with a good on, on Ricky Fowler. Just like to get Ricky Fowler right finally after I've been on him a few times. So Ricky Fowler this weekend looked pretty decent. He finished 15th. You know, gain strokes everywhere, and surprisingly, his putter went cold. So, yeah, that's not like him at all. So, all right, you did not have a good. You did not have a. Single. I did. No, no, I did. I did. I did. I just want to start off with the ugly this time. I want to switch it up. Oh, okay. Uh, my good was was Jason Day. I, I was all over him in the 8K range, and he did not disappoint. Finishing T6, I thought he had a chance, um, but you know, kind of just did well every round. Nothing crazy. Nothing bad. Nothing terrible. But. Better than we've seen, so I'm happy that he did well. My, yeah, that's pretty, actually, that's good. But my bad was Patrick Cantlay. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I, who, I was on him as well. I, I, I knew the risk I was taking is an awful Bermuda putter, um, yeah. but I, I wanted to take the risk, and, and it didn't help. He, he played actually great in round three and round four. I don't know if you watched them that closely this weekend. I mean, he was in dead last after round one, and he ended up finishing in the, in the top 40, finishing 35th, actually. So I, um, I I would call him my bad. But my core play that was like just sheer ugliness was Paul Casey, without a doubt. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. he I had him everywhere, and God, that was abysmal. He lost 4.4 strokes putting and 3.7 strokes around the green. Was awful tee to green, awful in approach. It was just a, a brutal round for him. Yeah, but he finished strong, man. Right? Finished good, all right on Saturday. It did pretty well on Sunday. Just the first two days kind of screwed him up. Yeah, that plus eight in round two. Yeesh. Yeah, it doesn't. That, you ain't going anywhere with that. No. So that was it. That was good, bad, and ugly. But. Yeah, yeah. Cutline is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the PGA Championship at TPC Harding Park. And we're going to do the best we can. Your best. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. To give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday. A little irony there, you know. Having that quote, that quote in there, best we can. Whining yeah. about doing the best. Anyways, we're going to bring in your timely wax greenside satin chops and a putt that might drop in through the back door. That's the butt. Mm. 
Now the goal of the cut line is to make sure that not only is your tournament lineup in the green, but so is your bankroll. Six of six golfers through, low owned plays, better lineups. And you can only do that with us here at the, help me out. That's right. We're going to make every Sunday a fun day. Plenty of wieners. Mm. And winners. And always a special thanks to PGA and Fantasy National for all the stats they provide for our golf fans and PGA DFS enthusiasts. Both are helping draftees create unique lineups based on key stats and analysis. But, Zach, it is Wednesday night. Lineups lock. Early Thursday. No, late, 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 late. West, West Coast, Coast. Late, Coast. late, late, sorry, force habit. What are you potentially going to be doing? Well, let me tell you, I'm going to be outside my house when the sun comes up and hunting centipedes. What? So, short story, my wife was bit by a giant centipede today on the foot, and... I don't know if anyone knows how bad centipedes hurt when they bite you, but they effing hurt. And it now I have to go hunt it down because it escaped. Like, took her down, full hole, swell up, swole up. It is, like, brutal out there. Ugh. So I got to hunt. They're nasty. It was, like, one of the big blood red ones, not, like, the little tiny ones. It was, like, a thick... <laughs> It's, just, it's so disgusting. We don't have, They're we so don't have these monstrous bugs in oh. Chicago. They're aliens, and they hurt. It's like a thousand bee stings at once. It's got like a, it has venom in it. It hurt. Oh man, I don't wish it on anybody. Like if it bites a kid, like if you like end up in the hospital, it's that bad. It's pretty bad. Really? Yeah, like a little, like a toddler or something. I could do some serious damage. But well, yeah, got my wife on the foot today, so I'll be hunting me some centipedes. Well, the more you know. <laughs> That's your lesson, education lesson for the day. Well, I know what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> I'm going to be at Fanshare Sports and FanshareSports.com. Your number one place to find ownership, projected ownership for this weekend's tournament. How do I know it's that damn good? Because I do the ownership projections at FanshareSports.com. Not subscribed? There's an easy fix and you can get a discount too. Just go to the Ooh. coupon button, type in the word cutline. And you get 20% off your monthly membership. Ownership is not a leverage to be belittled. The first major championship of the 2020 PGA Tour. The PGA Championship. Not usually number one. Needless to say, being a major tournament, this DraftKings field is loaded. Now there are very few, if any, stats that are consistent in revealing this week's winner, save for making some birdies, hitting fairways, and not getting double-digit scores like double bogeys. But TPC Harding Park is a municipal golf course, so I would most definitely like to thank the taxpayers of California. Bravo. Yeah. Now the goal here is to hit it long, hit it straight, get it on the green in regulation. From there, putt like you can't miss. Simple to say, but often the PGA Championship doesn't work out that way. Now this field is loaded with past winners, which include Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy, and Jimmy Walker. That's right. Hey. The Jimmy Walker and Jason Day. Point being, you have to be good to win here. Unless you're Jimmy Walker, you have to be lucky or good for four days. 
It's a very unique tournament. It's going to be great to see how it unfolds, but TPC Harding Park is going to have plenty of surprises up her sleeve and challenges that are going to test even the best golfers. Zach, what are the what are the pros looking at this weekend? Ooh, baby, municipal style. I like it. So, um, yeah, we don't have a lot of data here. You really can go back to 2005, but that's really about it. So sample size is pretty small. Uh, we're playing this as a par 70 at 7,250-ish yards. Uh, in 2005, when they last played it, it was ranked 13 out of 52 courses, which is a pretty difficult course from the PGA standards. Uh, we have four par threes in this iteration of the TPC Harding in San Francisco and two par fives at 562 and 607 yards. So that's pretty long, uh, but it should be fun to play. We're looking at bent grass greens with a little bit of POA underneath, some of them. About 7,000 square feet, so about average size. Two water hazards, so we're not going to see any dinks and dunks as we've seen in the past couple weeks. And 47 bunkers. So that should be fun. Looking at the wind, not much. Thursday, you know, we'll see typical San Francisco Bay Area kind of conditions. Uh, it'll be about 10 to 17 mile an hour in the morning. And then it will just kind of fade off in the afternoon. It might pick up around 13 to 22 miles an hour, but only for two hours and it's fine. And then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday look beautiful. 57 to 65 degrees, 6 to 10 mile an hour winds, and no rain at all in the forecast from what we can see on Monday evening so that should be easy back to the course so in 2005 it was the fairways were only hit 48 percent of the time which is one of the hardest to hit on tour and then you look at the green as well it was the GARs were only 60 percent which ranks out top 10 for difficult courses in 2005 so as you said this course is going to be quite challenging putting not so much uh the green was one of the easiest putting putting services in 2005 so all you gotta do is get there and then maybe you can score so based on all that crazy stuff, the key stats I'm looking at this week, and I'm keeping it kind of simple because I want to make sure I'm getting guys with good all-around game because you're going to need it. Strokes gained tee to green, GIRS gained, strokes gained approach, fairways gained, and birdie or better gained. And that is it. Uh, I'm going to look at the past 50 rounds. I'm going to take into account recent form as well because I want guys coming in here playing well, um, at least finishing strong last week. There's some guys that I like that you know didn't do too well Thursday, Friday, but kind of picked it up. Um, Saturday and Sunday, and I like that. I like the momentum shift. Uh, other than that, I'm all about it. I'm ready. I'm ready for set top 70. We're doing top 70 this week, which is great. Just need a couple more six six throughs, so that'll be fun. Um, and I like it's not a no-cut event, so I'm excited. What are you looking at? Uh, very similar to you, I am excited about... Actually, you know what? I disagree. I'm not excited about the top 70. I love the challenge and the difficulty of getting six of six through, and we're going to have an elevated six of six. And that means that the impact that it could potentially have in your bankroll or the, you know, how positive it can be in your bankroll is, you know, it, it just reminds me of that open championship where I had 19 to yeah. 20 lineups, six to six through. And sure. I don't ever want to experience that again. That's I know true. we talked about that last week. Anyways, you're right. Uh, fairways gain, ball striking, strokes gain off the tee, approach, bogey avoidance, and scrambling. Um, in my reading of the course this weekend, they narrowed the fairways by 40 to 60%. They're growing that yeah. rough to something disgusting. And there's a lot of false fronts uh, that I've read about. So you fall short on that green, that ball's rolling off, rolling back into the fairway, rolling into bunkers, rolling into rough. And it's just not going to be fun for some of these guys this weekend. So, I, I, Yeah, no, you're right. It, it's going to be... It's gonna be bad. There's gonna be a lot of ugly scores, I think, and I, and I think it's I think it's good. I don't think we've seen a decent like real challenge for these guys in a while. Well, the memorial. 
Yeah, that wasn't that bad though. <laughs> no, this is gonna be this is way harder. The championship, the Memorial. They already got to play the course the week before. Get out of here. We haven't seen this course in over a decade. Bring it on. I'm sorry. I was wrong. He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. <laughs> all right. We're going to move into our birdie or better segment in, where, in which where Zach and I will break down each tier of DK pricing to select our best and favorite plays of the 11k down to the 7k price range um right now let's kick it off with the uh 11 10k range zach why don't you do it for us do the honors your honor your honor xander 10k i want him i think he's underpriced i love that he's at the bottom of the 10k range he's really my favorite play in the range altogether um he over the last 50 rounds, he's number five overall in my model, and he is one, two, three, four, five, six. So he's better than he's placed. I like it. Source gained two degree in the last, last 50 rounds, sixth. JR's gained second. Burger's better, 30th. Approach, 21st. Fairway's gained, okay, he's had a problem, 66. But he's in good form. We've seen him multiple top 20 in the, since we've come back from the break. Six last week at St. Jude, and his approach game was awful, but before that, it's been on fire. His putting's been good. Bent grass is a great surface for him. Uh, it's not going to be windy as much as we think it is. So calm, moderate winds, plays well. Uh, and he does pretty well on difficult courses. So I love Xander here. Uh, I think he's right at that weird price point, and I'm going to be all over him. I don't disagree with you on Xander at all. I don't think anyone actually disagrees with your analysis on no. Xander. How could you? I, he's going to be extremely popular this weekend. Could potentially be the highest owned golfer. Um, really? You think so? Absolutely. Absolutely going to be. Over 9,200 Tiger Woods? Yeah. I, the, You know, the industry's gotten really sharp. That's true. I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. But it, I, I think that Xander X is just going to be really, really popular. There's no doubt in my mind. And you look at since we've, since we've come back from, like, the break, right? Um, he's... He's got incredible Vegas odds. First of all, ranks 19th overall. He's fifth in strokes gain off the tee, first in bogey avoidance. Mm-hmm. So now he doesn't. He John Ron won the Memorial, but Xander, I don't know, man. Xander's good. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. I like Rom too. But let's go. Yeah, that's where I was gonna go next. Is is gonna is all gonna right. go into John Rom. Do it. And the reason that I like Rom is because he is playing lights out. He's playing out of his mind. Um, he did win the Memorial. Last weekend, I'm going to give him a nice pass just because I think he was prepping for this weekend. But if you look in the last 50 rounds, you know, in windy conditions, on bent grass greens, he ranks 5th in strokes gain total, 12th in strokes gain tee to green, 11th in ball striking, 4th in strokes gain off the, off the tee, and 3rd in DraftKings points. John Rahm can easily win this tournament. Easily. No problem at all. In my fairway and greens model, where you just need to light it up to get in the fairway, he ranks number one. I think the key this weekend is to be super strong off the tee. We already know he has an impeccable approach game. I love John Rahm's game here. It fits well. He's 10-5. He's not even the most expensive on the docket. Thank you, Brooks Kepka, for sucking and kind of not sucking last <laughs> weekend. And thank you, Justin Thomas, for winning last weekend and making John Rahm $10,500. Yeah, I can't disagree. Um, 
my only concern is he can't muscle it off the tee because it's bad. There's some really bad spots here if you don't place it right. But I don't think that's going to be an issue for him. I really don't. As long as he's in the fairway, I got nothing yeah. to worry about. No, I agree. Because the course doesn't play long necessarily. I think the weather makes it longer than it actually is. I mean, we're looking sure. at that San Francisco mid 60s, got to wear long sleeves potentially in the morning, early afternoon, yep. get that ocean breeze coming off there. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I um, really love John Rom. I agree. All right. So next place I want to go in this range is Rory McElroy. I'm going back to him. I, I still think he's the best player in the world right now. Um, really? You know, if you look at like an overall standpoint, he just hasn't put a whole tournament together yet. And what better place to do it than a major? Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't disagree with you, but I'm not on. I just don't, I don't see it. I don't, I don't feel it. Well, the thing I like is that you're playing an American style course with conditions that kind of are similar to that of Europe. Not as windy, not as gloomy and everything else that comes with playing league style golf but there are conditions that you could say are, are somewhat parallel um and that's what i kind of like you know he, he's not the best putter on bent greens but he he has one here before so and if you look at his stats last weekend again i think he was in that position where he just wants to get to here and it could have been one of those cases where he was working on his game versus trying to win the wgc event i don't know if that's true that's sheer speculation, but um, he didn't have to win. He didn't have to top 10, and I think Rory's at the point in his career is how good of a golfer he is that he wants more majors. That's fair. I like that. I think for some of these veterans, there's nothing more that really kind of yanks their change than, than Brooks Kepka winning twice in a row at the PGA Championship. He's got, he's got a circle around his name for a lot of these guys. Oh, I agree. Especially Bryson. Yep. 100%. Did you... Sorry, but did you see Brooks roast DeChambeau last weekend? No, I missed that. <laughs> so he hit a ball in, like, the left rough. He comes up to it, and he goes, Oh, whoa, whoa. Got an official. There's an ant. There's an ant. His <laughs> 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 oh, caddy no. lost it, man. That was good. All right, anyone up in, in this top 10 range, like the, the top range, the 11 to 10K, Justin Thomas at the top, oh. Brooks at the top, um, DeChambeau 10-3, Xander 10,000. We, we talked about oh. Xander. Nope, no one else. Hate it. Yeah, I just can't jump on board. I'm, I, I am I just, curious to watch Bryson, though, to see what happens with the driver. Oh, yeah, I agree, but I just don't. I have no interest this week. All right, let's move down to the 9K range. And this range includes Webb Simpson, Patrick Cantlay, Tiger Woods, Dustin Johnson. It's a very small 9K range, but uh, I can tell you right now, the two I like are Tiger Woods, Patrick Cantlay. I love that Patrick Cantlay struggled last weekend. People are going to be off him. He's an exceptional golfer. He, I mean, let's, let's, let's look at the stats, right? You look at him last weekend, he lost strokes putting, like 1.4 strokes putting was at a flat zero around the green and was zero off the tee. But in his last five rounds, he's positively trended everywhere at the Memorial where he finished 32nd, which was probably some of the hardest golf we've seen since we've come back from the, the break. 
He only really struggled around the green. I don't think you have to have that around the green game and putting game here. But if we do need some kind of positive vibes, you talk about how brutal of a putter he is on Bermuda. He's an exceptionally better putter on bent greens. Including that, he's great in the wind. I like the windy conditions. I like the challenges that Cantley can have. He's going to have lower ownership simply because of how poorly he played and let people's lineups down last weekend. Patrick Cantley, like him. Yeah, the, my only beef with Cantley is for his last 50 rounds, he's 97th in fairways gained. Like, I, I, that scares me a little bit. I think these guys can turn it on when the majors come. I hope so. I mean, I don't have any of them, but I, I mean, I, your reasoning is, is sound. The only way I don't go to Cantley is if he's chalky. That's it. Yeah, yeah that's fair. All right. I don't think he will be. No. Next guy to go to is Tiger Woods. I think that there is literally a reverse psychology with Tiger Woods currently in PGA DFS. I think everyone says, well, he's going to be high, highly owned. I'm going to fade him and not play Tiger Woods, and it's going to come back to burn people. That's, re- uh. that's where I'm at on Tiger. Look, the same thing happened at the Masters last year, right? He was 8% owned or 9% owned at the Masters when he won it. Obviously the perfect storm. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but he also worked up to it. Like, he played. He hasn't played. He played the Memorial and made the cut, played four rounds. So what? That's it. So what? Come out to California, drive your boat, you know, all the way around Mexico, get up to California, get to San Francisco. I mean, come on. He's got the game for it. The only thing that he struggles really with is off the tee, and I wouldn't even consider that a struggle for for Tiger. Um, He's got an exceptional approach rank we know he can go up and down we know he can scramble it's just tiger putting together for you know just an overall solid weekend the guy doesn't have to win he can top 15 top 10 and you're getting more than value at 9200 i think he has a top 10 to get value fair enough you know i'm reaching trying to get trying to get you got you got trying to get you on my side brother no i can't do tiger i can't do tiger he hasn't played a 40th at memorial is not enough. I mean, it's a hard course, so he didn't even do well there. Uh, uh, nah. Nah. I will say this in my confidence. He ranks number 15 overall, even though he's 9,200. All right. All right. Um, at the Memorial, where he struggled was with the putter in the short game and off the tee, True. which is concerning. But, look, it's a major championship. I'm going to take the risk on Tiger Woods. I know he missed the cut last year. Oh, well. Finished in second in 2018. Yeah, but those are all different courses. Yeah. They don't count. Last guy I want to mention, and I have to do it because I like like to punish. I'm punishing myself. I like to do it. I'm going to play some DJ. I'm just going to do it. (sighs) I have nothing to say. I've said it all. <laughs> okay. He doesn't get four free rounds. That's all I have to say. That's all I'm saying. You don't think he gets four rounds? No. Sounds like a wager. I think, no. He's not. Nope. Sorry. St. Jude. Nope. He won the Traveler. <laughs> he flunked out of the Memorial worse than I would. And then magically comes back and squeaks by a 12th at the 
rough and tough St. Oh, yeah, Jude. just squeaks by. Yeah. Just is like, oh, I'm going to squeak by with a 12. Yeah, he's got no putter. He, if, he can't hit, if you can't sink putts in this course, you're dead because they're easy. Hey, he missed the cut at the Memorial, and he missed the cut at the 3M. Oh, he withdrew. He withdrew from the 3M, remember, with the back issue. Yeah, 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 same thing. He's going to miss the cut anyway. He didn't want to be there. Exactly. He wants to be here. Does he? Yes. 8K range. I'm not going to talk about Webb yeah. Simpson. I got no interest. But 8K range. No. Go. Go, sir. Colin Morikawa, number yep. one. No lock, lock and load. I don't care. I don't care if he's 100% on. I'm taking the free square. He's practiced on this course already. He knows how to play here. Um, let's see. Last 50 rounds. Third, stroke gain, to green. Fourth, GRS gain. Ninth, fairways gain. Fifteenth, burger better gain. Second, stroke gain approach. Ranks number one. 8,600. Played here before. He knows where the bad spots are on the course. All he has to do is course manage. The weather's not going to be bad. Like, we know he can play when, it, when the heat's on. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't know how you don't play Morikawa. I'm, I'm fairly close to just... Pushing the lock button on him because I just don't. I'm not gonna have a ton of lineups this week. My player pool is not that big, and I love him. I love Morikawa in this spot. I agree. California boy playing on basically what is his home course. You look in the last 24 rounds. He's second in ball striking, fifth in fairways gained, fifth in approach, 11th off the tee, 17th in bogey avoidance. All key stats that I'm looking at this weekend. The one intangible I'm worried about with some of these guys, Morikawa included. Um, are these long par threes, these 200-yard par threes. I always look for an edge, right? Where where can we sure. get an edge here? And if you can par all those par threes or birdie those par threes, it's going to help you obviously immensely versus the bogeys on the par threes. Like That's one of the reasons I hate playing Brooks Kepka is because he just seems to struggle immensely on these long par threes. In fact, Kepka ranks 119th in this field. Morikawa, he ranks 72. So obviously a limited sample size with Colin Morikawa. You're not looking at like a vast number to get that ranking, but still something to be concerned about. But all in all, I agree. Morikawa is a solid lock. Yeah, I, I just I have to, half, half to, have to, have to, have to, have to. All right, the next guy I want to mention is co-rookie with him, Victor Hovland. All right, first in ball striking the last 24 rounds, third in approach, 12th off the tee. Um, where he's struggling is probably his fairways gain. He's 50th in the field, and we're looking at where we're kind of like curious about that accuracy. If Hovland ends up in the rough, it's going to be a long weekend, a uh, short weekend for him. But again, talking about that par three intangible, 18th in the field. So if he can make scores and shots up in those par threes, which I think a lot of players are, of course, those uh, one drive par fours. First of all, talk about tasty. Like we have, right. we have plenty of holes in this course where it's just going to be drives going for the green. So, yeah, I mean, bombers have the advantage. Exactly. Victor Hovland, though, eighty five hundred. I'm all on board. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. I, I like Hovland this week. All right, who else you got? Um, I'll go with a play that I don't think will be as popular. A Tyrell Hatton at a sub eight k. Um, yeah, he looked like ass at St. Jude, but before that, I mean, the dude was just playing lights out. Fourth at the Rocket Mortgage, third at the Heritage, first at the API, sixth at WC Mexico, 14th at 
The other WGC, six at the CJ Cup. I mean, you go back. And get, he was just on fire. Okay, I'm sure he's rusty, you know, a little bit. Um, but I don't know that he was really even all there. So, to me, his stats just over his last 50 rounds, like, I don't know. It's it's all good. 24th, strokes game, TD Green. 14th, Jair's game. 20th, Burries are better. 19th on approach. He just needs to stop. He just needs to find the fairway. And at 8K, I'll take a couple stabs at him. He ranks up number 10 overall for me. Um, I'll have a fair amount of Hatton. I don't know how much yet, but I think he's one of the the lower 8K guys that I really like. Okay, so I'm going to go back to Ricky Fowler this weekend. That's fair. Now you look at the PGA Championship, tied for 36th last year, 12th, 5th, 33rd, and 30th. But I feel like this course specifically really fits Ricky's game and where he's currently at with his redeveloped, retuned swing. First of all, in my fairway model, ranks number seven. Approach rank 27. Scoring third, putting 15th. So you're looking at all top 20 in terms of intangibles in my ranking systems. You look at Fowler on his putting. His best putting surface is bent greens. Okay, He's an excellent player in the wind. You look at last weekend at WGC St. Jude. I considered that a tune-up for this weekend for him, right? Gain strokes everywhere. And normally he's a lot better with the putter. It was only .4 strokes, okay? That putter gets hot. Ricky Fowler's contending top five. And I think he's appropriately priced based on how well he's played since the break. That's that's, that's pretty brutal, by the way. But 8,300, I'm going to have shares of Ricky Fowler. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think, yeah, he's right where he needs to be, and that's perfect for him. All right. Next guy I want to mention is Deki. Do it. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Deki Matsuyama, 16th last year, 35th, 5th, 4th, 37th. Always on the cusp of winning, but as we like to say here on the cut line, just can't figure it out. Finished 20th at the WGC St. Jude, similar to Fowler. I feel the same way. Of course, the difference here with Fowler and Decky. Decky can't putt. And these are going to be fast greens. So there's more risk with Hideki Matsuyama than I think there is with Ricky Fowler, but it, it, I'm not shying away at all. Well, so the difference is that he can't putt, but they're similar and neither of them can win. So... I don't really want any Hideki because I don't want somebody who just can't. I can't wait till they both go to the playoffs. There's a three-hole and they, playoff. And they both will get disqualified. Here we go. <laughs> DQ. All right, anyone in this 8K range that interests you that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, briefly, I have interest in Daniel Berger. I have interest in Fitzpatrick. It's pretty much where it ends. And maybe some Jason Day, because I think he's, he came into this week looking pretty good. So I think I'll, I'll go back to the to the well on that. But other than that, not really. You know who's really been at, like a money godsend for DFS? Patrick oh. Reed. Oh, God. He's going to be single-digit owned again. He should be. Making cuts, man. <laughs> he's making cuts. Good, good, good. Man. All right, so let's go down the 7K range. And this, this is just... So many golfers in this range. DK did this right, giving you so many options. This is where your lineups are going to be basically built or broken down. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here with the 7K range. But kick it off. What do you got? I think this is a great spot this week for a 
Abraham Unser back bounce back from looking like just kind of eh at the Memorial. Uh, off the tee game is solid. He hasn't lost strokes off the tee since back in January, um, which I love. His putter's great. His approach game is generally on, minus the Memorial, which, okay, okay, I'll give you one. Um, but other than that, everything around his game has been great. He looked decent last week at St. Jude, coming in 15th. All around, he gained strokes across the field, tee to green, so I love it. Uh, last 50 rounds, he's 20th in JR's gain and 10th in fairways gain and 18th in birdies are better gain. I like all three of those stats heavily, so I think I'll have a ton of answer at 7,700. Nice. I like the answer. I, I don't know how much I, I get to. 7,700. It really yeah. de- it depends, though, on like your build, right? Yes. Yeah, you're right. It does. I mean, you could totally get to answer at 77, but then you're really handcuffed if you're going with like two of these upper top guys. True. Um, so... I think Tommy Fleetwood is is just too cheap. Yeah, I would agree. And it's not for his potential to win. That that's not what I'm arguing. I'm simply arguing his DraftKings scoring. Um, Fleetwood at 7,700 seems way too cheap. But I I don't know if it's like a free square, right? Yeah. Because he's not like solid in approach, and he's not solid off the tee, but. He's someone that I have some interest in. Oh, I could see that. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, he doesn't have to win. No, not necessarily. But when you look at his stats, especially in the last 50 rounds on bent greens, he's second tee to green, 39th in ball striking, 24th off the tee, 65th in approach. And that's the key one right there is 65th in approach. You need to be able yeah. to hit the ball well here and ball strike it well. So we'll see if I end up on Fleetwood because it, 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 he kind of hovers around that same place with answer. And I think I'd rather go Abraham answer than Fleetwood if I'm going to go that route in my builds. So that's, I think it's an option though, in that same price point that you need to consider. And then we got to bring up the third guy in the 7,700 range. Your boy, your boy, Jordan Spieth. Yeah, I'm not on this week. If he wins, if he wins this week, he gets the Grand Slam, the career, the career Grand Slam. He's not there mentally. How do you know? I just know. Would you call him and ask him? I did. He said, "I'm gonna if I do well, I'm potentially gonna choke on Sunday." All right. So last fifty rounds, forty seventh <laughs> off the tee, fifth in short game, fourteenth in ball striking, eleventh around the green. You look at Jordan Spieth. Uh, in in you know my personal models, 38th out the fairway, 15th in approach, 13th in scoring, second in putting. That's fair. It's going to be hard for me to not play Jordan Speed this weekend. I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people will think that. I don't. He's been playing better. I mean, I could see if this was like last year, there was very few spots where Speed was. A decent play and i think there's been a couple this year and he's actually paid off so i think he's going to be higher owned than we think i think i think and this is the week i hop i on. think speed single digit ownership uh at that price it's tough so um all right let's keep going because this yes. this is massive i think a sleeper this weekend is adam scott yeah i had him highlighted i, I don't know i got a 12th right. in my confidence and 16th at the fairway, 29th in my approach model, 27th in the scoring model. Obviously, you check Twitter and you find out what putter he's warming up with. 
and that's going to be like basically the the say all be all of if you play Adam Scott this weekend. But I mean, this guy is a former major winner, has exceptional game and sport, especially for DraftKings scoring at seventy eight hundred. I'll take those points as well. I just don't know if I want to play a guy coming out of out of like the woodwork here. Hasn't played last two rounds. He played at the API and WGC Mexico. He lost strokes on approach, lost strokes putting. Uh, I don't know if the majors where I want to debut a guy since March. I know. I it's something that we've said that about not playing somebody, but especially at like a major. I mean, I could get it at a, at a, a dink and dunk bullshit uh, event, but eh, I don't know if this is the one you just come out. I mean, he grades out well for me, minus the fairways, but I I don't think I'm gonna play him this week. I think it's worth a shot if you're doing MME. I mean, the guy finished eighth last year and third the year before that in a PGA Championship. So yeah, but if he was play, he was playing. You know what I mean, yeah, I know what you're saying. All right, who else do you have in this seven uh, K range? I like dropping all the way down to seventy two hundred. It's a, it's weird. I don't play him very much. I don't even know if I've ever played him at all. Uh, Harris English. I don't know why he like, screamed off the off the charts to me. He ranks 14th overall for me, and that's because in the last 50 rounds, you look at Tita Green game, he's 14th. JR's game, he's 8th. Approach, he's 24th. Then I was like, okay, that's enough to take a little deeper look. I didn't realize he was doing that well since we came back from the break. The 18th at the 3M, 13th at the Memorial, 17th at the RBC Heritage, missed the cut at the Schwab, whatever, first event since they came back. And he finished the the run in March with the 9th at the API, 17th the Honda, 16th the Waste Management. I mean, the dude was playing solid golf. I, I don't even know how I missed him this whole time. Um, but looking at his stats, T to Green, he's been great. Approach, he's been great. Putting, he's been on fire. He hasn't lost strokes putting since the Farmers way back in January. He's decent on bent grass. The wind's not an issue. Um, I worry a little bit about his ownership at this price, but I, I, I don't know why. I've like never played Harris English, but I'm playing him this week. I, I, I've been on Harris English a couple times um, in terms of DraftKings scoring. You know, he's paid off, so he's helped some lineups for me. I, I'm, I'm with you on English. I like him this weekend. He's playing great this year. Um, two guys I want to highlight in one, kind of one package are Phil Mickelson and Bubba Watson. Yeah, yeah. And the only reason is is that Phil's playing really good golf right now. Um, I'm not concerned about his age. Do I think he'll win? No. But um, he doesn't have to win at 7,600. But what I like about both these guys is they're able to shape shots that tailor itself to the course. Now, concerns I do have about Phil. He's a terrible bent greens putter. I, I shouldn't say terrible, but he's just not very good. Um, but second last week at the, at the St. Jude. Thank you, Brooks. 54th at the M- Memorial, 58th at the Workday. And you remember those last two tournaments, like it was coming in the second round where he was just he kind of he didn't disappear necessarily. He just struggled. I don't think that's going to happen in a major to Phil Mickelson. I think he's going to play very well, as we saw last last week. Another tune-up round for him. Uh, if you look at Bubba, Bubba has been pretty solid in my fairways model. He ranks number eight overall in my approach model, number two. I like the option of him being able to shape the ball, um, especially with a lot of dog legs on this course. Um, the other thing, driving those greens, right? I want the distance that Bubba yeah. Watson offers. I know everyone's going to talk about the Shambo, and if that becomes a thing, like driving the green, everything like that, you can't drive every green here. And by the way, if you miss the green, you're in <laughs> you're in six-inch thick rough around a green. Good luck yeah. stopping the ball. So um, 
I think that just really tailors itself more for Bubba Watson's game. No, I'm with you. I don't disagree with either of those calls. I think they're both in prime spots this week. So, uh, anyone else in this in this 7K range that you want to hit up? I mean, I'll just touch on I have interest in Corey Connors. He's been doing me well. Uh, he grades out number nine for me, and that's because his off the tee game has been great. Uh, GR has gained in the last 50 rounds. He ranks number one in the field, uh, so I'll take that all day long. Uh, I do worry a little bit about uh, as around the green, but... I don't know. 7K, he doesn't have to win. He just has to do well. He's been playing well enough to finish in the 20s, maybe even the high, the high teens, and that's good enough for me. Uh, I do also have interest in, I hate to say your boy, but I don't know if you're going to mention him, Scotty Scheffler. He's got to be good, right? He's good at golf. I, I, I was going to mention him, but since you... Oh, okay. I'll, no, no, I'll you go ahead. Go ahead. Take the thunder. I mean, I mean he's... he's I, wasn't, like, look. I wasn't a fan. I was not a fan, I'll be honest with you. Early in the season when we came back, and he just didn't look good. But Memorial, he looked like he was turning it around. And last week at St. Jude for, at 15th, I mean, besides putting, I mean, he was pretty much the complete package. So I'll give him a shot here at a hard course, and more at a hard quotation marks Memorial course. He did well. Um, so hopefully that translates here. And at, at this price point, yeah, I, I like him. Well, absolutely. He, he 22nd at the Memorial, 15th at the St. Jude. But yeah, like you kind of already touched upon it. His biggest flaw is the putter, and you know, from my studying of, of Harding Park, there's not a, undul- a lot of undulation on these greens. Like, there's not. But the speed is what's going to make it difficult. It's going to be a major speed. So I'm not sure what the stip reader stip reader is going to run this weekend. But Scheffler could easily struggle with the putter and ruin the whole weekend for you. Um, that he could. Nothing worse than three, two putts and three putts. But uh, other guys, I just wanted to hit on. You know, Henrik Stenson. Benny on another putter that we're going to have to worry about. Shane Lowry, he's looked good recently. Another guy who kind of fits that weather mold. And then, of course, the last guy I want to mention, big bad Paul Casey. Mm. Um, obviously burned me last week in the WGC, but he just ranks out so well on the fairway and the approach and scoring. And he's a good putter, too. Like He hits all those key stats and metrics that I'm looking for. In my confidence... Ooh. ranks top 10 man 7500 guy that ranks top 10 um so i like it my aggregate model ranks number four he's going to be low owned just because of how poor he played last weekend and just how goofy he looks <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's about it man that's where i'm going with this 7k uh, ra- oh shit I, f- look. I forgot sergio mm, all right fine I don't disagree this week. I disagreed the last couple weeks, but I'll allow it this week. Fair enough. Going to go back to Sergio again, <laughs> even though I, even though Sergio's like kind of like default on my do not playlist, I still play him. But I will say this. I haven't played DDR yet in NBA Restart. I haven't played him yet. <laughs> Won't do it. Good. At least you're keeping to that. Won't do it. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. All right, so this takes us to the Cut Lines signature segment. Can't do it. Won't do it. Can't play them. Golfers that are going to have double-digit ownership that we can not play. 
Zach, I'm going to kick it off. You do it. My first can't do it if Ryan Palmer, who's in the 6K range, is 10% owned, I can't do it. I am not playing a double-digit owned 6K player. There's a reason these guys are 6K, and just no thank you. I have no desire to play Ryan Palmer at 10% ownership. Now, if he's sub 10%, different story. But right now, I think he's going to be double-digit ownership. We'll see how projections shake out in terms of ownership. But, meh, no. No thank you. <sighs> well, there goes my... Uh, oh, no, no. You can keep him. I'll you can keep it. him. I'll save it. No, he's, he's staying. I'm just... I'll, I'll save my comments for the end. All right. Who you, who, who you got? <laughs> Uh, for me, I'm just going to go with a guy who can't win. And I'm not going to play a guy who's over 8K that just doesn't have a chance to win. And it's Hideki at 8,200. He's playing, his, his stats are sc- screaming, play me. He's underpriced to some people at 8,200. I mean, yes. Is he a good golfer? Sure. Can he compete? Yes. Can he putt? No, he cannot. Can he hit fairways? Most of the time he cannot. Is he good on approach? Sure. But you got to take those into account when he hits the fairway. So, at 8,200, guy who's going to be eh, 10 to 15% on to 82, he can't win. Why, why am I going to bother? Why would I just not play Jason Day, Victor Hovland, Kyle Morikawa, or hell, even Daniel Berger in the 8K range <laughs> instead of a guy who just has no shot to win this event? Notice I also skipped Ricky Fowler. But I will not play Hideki at 8,200. No way. Can't do it. Okay. That's fun. Yeah. Well, the guy I wanted to mention is last guy is Daniel Berger. Um, Daniel Berger is 8,800. Right now, I'm thinking he's going to be 20 some percent owned. Whoa. Yeah. I know Daniel Berger's got some really good stats and he's looked solid this year, but I'm just not going to jump on the Daniel Berger train because of his history specifically. At the Open. Now, Daniel Berger, at the, I'm sorry, they open at the PGA Championship, my fault. Um, you got it. Where's my tournament history here? All right. So, Berger at the PGA Championship. Yep. Oh, it's coming. Hang on. <laughs> what the freaking frick? All right. 8,800. Daniel Berger. 71st, 12th, miscut, 73rd, miscut. All right. I, I, the 12th is obviously what's the first thing that jumps out to everyone who's looking at Daniel Berger sure. at the PGA Championship. But for me, it's those four other scores in 20, you know, the, the cut, the cut, the 70s, 8,800, no thanks, especially if it's going to be 20% owned. I'm just not going to buy Daniel Berger at that price. Um, Bent Green's not a very good putting surface for him. And, of course, he's coming in super, super hot. Don't get me wrong. Second at the St. Jude. Missed the cut the Memorial, but then third, first, fourth, fifth, ninth. It comes to a head at some point. I think it does here at the Major. I don't want any pieces of Daniel Berger. A lot of minnows are going to be out there. They're going to look at past history, which is going to push his ownership even higher. Could even become the chalk donkey. No thank you. Can't do it. That's fair. I don't disagree. If he's that high owned, I don't really want to play him either. So... All right, I got one more. I'm not playing Tiger Woods. I'm not paying 9200 for Tiger Woods. He's always over-owned. He was 20% owned at the Memorial. 
He's 10% on Genesis last time we saw him. 14% at the Farmers, and God only knows how much he would have been at the Hero, because I don't have that data. Uh, but in cash, he was 32%. So that's pretty freaking high for a guy who just, you know, oh, I got 20th at the St. Jude. Okay. Oh, sorry. That's wrong. That's not correct. I take that back. <laughs> oh, I got 40th at the Memorial. Had the wrong tab open. They're both terrible. Uh, I got 40th at the Memorial, and I sucked off the tee and with my putter and around the green. If you're within, like, over 30 yards away from the greens here and you're trying to play around the green game, it's way harder than it is if you're up close. And I have a concern that Tiger's going to find himself in that position quite often. I don't care that he's good historically on it. He hasn't been good this year. Um, yeah, maybe at the Farmers, but we're, we're in a like, different like dimension here when we talk about February and July, the last two times we saw him. I'm sure he's practiced. Fine. I'm sure. Great. Fine. He's a great golfer, but he's not great for 9,200 at PJ Championship against guys that, been, guys that have been playing recently and are just not going to be as owned as Tiger Woods. He just draws ownership. I'm not going to, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. He's not going to be like, it's, it's not going to be like that type of ownership. He's never not been. He's never not been. It's not. I'm telling you right now. It's not going to be 10%. People are going to be, oh, Major, oh, Tiger, oh, I love you. Like, no, no, no. No. I love it when you're wrong. I'm not going to be wrong. Oh, you're going to be wrong. He, he's going to finish like uh, 38th and be just like, bleh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 38th or better. 38th or worse. Book it. 38th or worse for Tiger Woods. Yep. Okay. If he makes the cut. He's going to make the cut. All right, is there anyone else you can't play, sir? No, those are the only two. I, I mean, I'm not playing a lot of people, but those are the only two that I absolutely would. You would have to log into my account for me and pick them. I'm not, they ain't happening. Just give me the password and I'll be there. No, no thanks. I don't, I don't want to give away money. Martin <laughs> Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut, miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut, miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. <laughs> a monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. All right. Well, this. This is Zach's signature segment, the MG Monsters and Guarantee Martin Pillar Effect, where Zach and I will pick a monster, our 6K player that we feel will finish in the top 25, and then a guarantee, our 6K player that we guarantee will make the cut. Zach, your segment, your honor. Yeah, so... Your honor, your honor. I'll kick it off. We'll review last week real quick. We both we picked three people last week to be monsters because no one's going to make miss the cut, and we both finished with two in the top twenty. So I think that's pretty solid for last week for both of us. Um, you had Benny on and Phil Mickelson both finished very well, and I had Ches Reeve and Mr. Dahman who finished on the mark at twenty. So good for us. Uh, so we're, on, we're we're picking it up. The score is seven to three in favor of me. So we're going to see what we can do this week. So for me, I'm going to go with a guy that you can't play, Ryan Palmer. I don't care. I mean, he's my monster. I'm not going to go guarantee. I think that's just that's just too easy. Uh, I'm going to play a guy who's 20% owned, 
and he's gonna finish 15th and you know his stats don't you know they're, they're good he's 34th overall which is all right you know whatever but he does well in these types of courses, and he's played well. His approach game has been dialed in. He gained 4.9 strokes on approach at the St. Jude and 10.2 at the Memorial. Yeah, okay. I like that. I'm all about it. Ryan Palmer, monster. Booked. Are you sure you want to do that? I'm, I do. I do. I, I, you know, I, I have a little bit of a lead. I, I'm going to go on, on a limb here. I, I don't like a lot of the guy's monster ability in the 6K, um, but... I do, I do feel it. I feel it with Palmer. Fair enough. I'm going back to an old favorite. And it's my uh, California boy, Cameron Tringale. Ooh. And I have to do it. I, first of all, his name is super sexy. But um, 6,800, Tringale in my confidence ranking ranks top 50. If you look at him off the tee... 23rd in my model, 53rd in approach, 44th in scoring, 41st in putting. So it kind of puts them like a little bit better than middle of the field in all these cases. So I'm really excited about that fact because those are just key things that I'm looking on, especially in this 6K range. Tringale and his history here at the PGA Championship, nothing solid to write home about. Missed the cut in 2015, 84th in 2016, hasn't been here since. But fact is we've seen a Cameron Tringale this year that's been better at golf. Um, you look at him at the 3M Open, third place, so he's in good form. Gained 5.4 strokes putting, 4.5 strokes in approach, 1.4 strokes off the tee. The only place he lost strokes was around the green. I understand that Minneapolis is not the same as Harding Park, but he's in good form. I'll take it. That's fair. A lot. What's your guarantee? I'm going to go Taylor Gooch, the Gooch man at 6,400. He's been playing up and down kind of golf lately. Uh, 18th at the 3M Open last time we saw him. Missed cut the Memorial, but 17th the workday. Um, you know, he doesn't, he's not a shocker by any means. And I don't think he does better than like 40th, 45th. But he grades up 41st overall for me. He's 6,400, which I do like down in the 6Ks where you can squeeze in a couple more guys up top. Uh, I just think he, he plays well here. All, most of his stats are in the 40s and 50s for the last 50 rounds. You know, he won't shock, but he's a good addition to the bottom of your list. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to go with... Uh, who am I going with here? <laughs> I'm going with Brendan Steele. Oh. Yeah. I like it. I do like it. I like Brendan it. Steele is my guarantee. I almost made him the monster, but... Fifth in my strokes, uh, fifth in my fairways model, 54th in my approach model, 45th in my scoring model. Obviously, you need a putter to get hot here for him to be in like the top 25, and that's the only reason I kind of shied away. Ranks 41st in my confidence model, and he's 45th in my aggregate model. So he's hovering above average in all those uh, metrics that I'm looking at. When you look at Brendan Steele's recent form, well, mm. let's pull that up. 13th at the Memorial, 52nd at the Workday, 5th or 6th at the Travelers, and he missed the cut at the Schwab and the API. Uh, the API doesn't really count. But the fact is he's made 4 out of 5 cuts at the Memorial where we had some really challenging golf, finished top 20. I like Brennan Steele's opportunity here. The only caveat, struggles on bent greens, right? So hopefully that approach is close, but he plays really well in the wind. We'll see how he does, but he's my guarantee. I like that play. That's pretty good. So, other six K guys I had interest in: Luke List, 
That's about it. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, keep going. All right, now, now let me ask. I like juiced, juice, luft. Juiced, yeah. Juice, juiced. Big fan, big fan. Uh, I kind of have some interest in. There's really not a lot. Honestly, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I looked at Lucas Glover pretty close. Uh, I just did pull the trigger. Not yet, anyway. Jim Furyk, I like that it's a shorter course. Maybe he's got some advantage. He's he's great dialing in fairways at 6600. I think it's, it's pretty pretty solid. Coming off some great golf playing. Um, maybe Harold Varner the third. It's about a little HV three. You, you need those guys yeah. who can score. I gl- I agree with you with Glover, Varner, and Furick, but they're gonna be popular. It's just you just never know what you're gonna get here, and I'd rather go a little bit more balanced with these majors to get better golfers to give me the opportunity to win. It's like I don't want to play right. Jason Kokrak and deal with that putter. No, thank you. No, I don't want to deal with no. Duffner's putter. I know he's a great solid approach game, but I, I just don't want to. I don't want to watch it fade on Saturday and Sunday. Um, so. Um, I don't disagree. You know, there's always that sneaky guy though. I'm trying to find one, but. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. Can't do it. Mm 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 mm. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. So that's it. It's over. That'll wrap it up for the cut line and our analysis of the PGA Championship. Make sure you check us out next week as we break down the Wyndham Championship in the beginning of the FedEx Playoffs. Playoffs? North Kakalaki. Playoffs. Playoffs. Zach, I want to thank you for contributing to another excellent edition of the Cut Line. Thank you, good sir. You can find Zach on Twitter at EaglesFan83. I want to thank FanShare Sports. I want to thank the PGA Tour. I want to thank you, the listener, for spending the time with us. And PJ Championship right around the corner, man. Never too early to start doing your lineup builds. Get those birdies, eagles, albatrosses, aces. Thanks for listening. Get some winners. Go and get them. Condor.